What's up, y'all? Welcome back. Have you ever compared yourself to someone else and either felt anxiety, doubt, or sorrow? Or how about this question? Have you ever compared yourself to someone else and felt better about yourself? It's an ugly question. It reveals an ugly truth. And I want to get to the heart of that today. So we're going to be talking about comparison and anxiety. And we're diving deep into Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 5. This is going to be a pretty heavy Bible study episode. So I hope that if you don't have something to take notes with, if you don't have your Bible and highlighters and you're not really ready, that at the very least, you'll take it in and you'll listen and maybe come back to this. I'll have everything up on the show notes. So make sure that you're heading to herrenewstrength.com forward slash podcast to check that out. And if you are ready for Bible study and you have your highlighter and your Bible and your journal and all the things, then I have a feeling this episode is going to really bless you, to put it plainly. So on your mark, get set, let's go. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz-Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, so there's two things I need to make you aware of before we start. Number one, I have three pages of notes that I'm going to work through. So this is going to be a longer episode. Number two, I have a cough that I'm trying to suppress right now. So I have Ricola's and hot tea and water. And I'm just doing my best. So if I do end up coughing, I'm going to try to have Joran edit it out. (laughs) So shout out to Joran. And if I do end up coughing in a way that she can't edit it out, I just pray that you would give me a little bit of grace. Okay, let's do it. So I've been thinking about comparison a lot for a lot of reasons. It's one of the reasons I'm not on Instagram. It's one of the reasons I didn't want to get into the mommy blogs and all the things that have to do with parenting. It's just something that I know in my life, it's something I've been tempted to do, and I don't want to do it. Now, I have to admit, it's so easy to look at others and think, she's a more patient wife than I am, or she's a better mom, or she's so much more fit than I am, or she's got it all together. You might even be tempted to look at other people with a prideful heart and think that you're the one others should or actually do aspire to be like. So that's an issue, right? That's a hard issue. When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we can find ourselves believing deceptive things that are straight up antithetical to the gospel and completely false. With that said, today I'm digging into Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 5 and I'm going to read 
through this passage and then break it down line by line. So it starts with this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person have to carry his own load. And that's Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 5. So Paul's writing to the church in Galatia. The theme here is, and when I say here, I mean the book of Galatians, um, the letter to the Galatians. The theme is appealing to truth, right? Some of the believers in this church community were being told that they must adhere to the law of Moses and essentially Jewish custom to truly belong to God's people, which is not the message of the gospel. You don't need Jesus plus circumcision. You just need Jesus. So, you know, essentially, Paul is letting them know that. He wrote to a lot of churches. He was definitely trying to get people reoriented and believing the truth, the true gospel, not another gospel. And to do that, you know, you kind of have to give people the, the straight truth, right? He said, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore that person with a gentle spirit and watch out for yourself so that you won't be tempted. Now, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, the NASB, I think that's New American Standard Bible, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry if it is wrong. I'm definitely not going to look right now. But the NASB translation says, caught up in any trespasses. So if someone is caught up in any trespass, then you who are spiritual, and the Greek word used here for spiritual is pneumaticos. Oh man, y'all know that I'm not trained in Greek, so I just want to say I'm sorry. I always, in my head, say things in Spanish. But the word here is pneumaticos. And that's the word translated to spiritual. It means non-carnal or relating to the human spirit or rational soul as part of a man which is akin to God and serves as his instrument or organ. And this is via Blue Letter Bible. So if you want to reference this, I'm going to link it in the show notes. I'm still in verse 1. It says, You who are spiritual... Restore a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. And the NASB translation says, looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Now, this is a key point that I want to highlight. The only sinless person to walk this earth was Jesus. Adam, Moses, Abraham, Jacob. David, all these people we read about in the scriptures were sinners. This isn't to say to look to yourself, to show yourself, you know, that you're doing better than this person, but to offer 
gentle correction and to look to yourself so that you wouldn't give in to that same temptation to sin, right? So it says, restore a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves, looking to yourselves so that you too will not be tempted. It's saying you need to be paying attention to what you're doing because you have the same essence, right? You have the same inherent nature that is sinful. Inherently, we are sinners. And if you aren't careful, you too might give in to your own depraved desires. So let's remember that sin is not just making a mistake, okay? To sin is to choose to separate yourself from God. Galatians chapter 5 says you cannot walk by the Spirit and give in to your flesh, right? Those two things are on the opposite sides of the spectrum. So the behaviors that honor God are on one side of that spectrum, while the behaviors that put distance between you and the Lord are on the other side. They're never working synergistically. They're actually literally opposing each other. So let's uh, move on to verse 2. Carry one another's burdens. I want to stop there. That Greek word for carry, or in the NASB translation, is actually it says bear, bear one another's burdens. It's the Greek word bastadzo, and it means to support, uphold, take up, to lift, right? So support one another's burdens, take up one another's burdens. Continuing on, in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, truthfully, I was like, what is that law? <laughs> and very easily, I could have just recalled the Sermon on the Mount, I'm sorry, I could have just recalled when um, Jesus is asked by one of the Jewish dudes, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God, and the second is like it, love your neighbor, right? So I looked up what the law of Christ might be, and there are two cross-references. The first is Romans chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Honestly, I'm probably going to do a completely separate episode on just that verse or that little section because it continues on after that. And I think it's a really important message to highlight, but I'll save that for another day. The second cross-reference is in James, and this is James chapter 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, quote, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, end quote, you are doing well. So that's in James chapter 2, verse 8. Now, there's a cross-reference when you look at James chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, there's an actual cross-reference to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And I'm, I know I'm like going from... Scripture, scripture, scripture. Stick with me, okay? So those two verses I gave you, Romans 15.1 and James 2.8, those are the cross-references for Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, okay? The law of Christ. Now, when you look at the second cross-reference, James chapter 2, verse 8, there's a cross-reference there, and I'm looking at my cultural Bible, cultural backgrounds Bible, um, as like all these footnotes, Cross-reference to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And that says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
I am the Lord. To fulfill the law of Christ, you would bear with the failings of the weak and not please yourself. And you would love your neighbor as yourself, right? Leviticus 19.18 says that you would not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you would love them. You would love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we're going to move on to chapter uh, verse 3. Verse 3. For if anyone thinks that they are something when he is nothing, he's deceived. Something when he is nothing. If you think that you're something, right? Something is translated from the Greek word tis, like tis the season. Well, that word tis or tis, I'm not really sure how to like pronounce it, means certain. So if anyone thinks that they're certain, right? Like essentially you think you're good, you're fine. You're sure that you've done nothing to worry about, right? Except that the warning wouldn't be there if that were true. But anyway, if you think that you're certain, if you think you're fine, when you're not, you're deceived. So I just want to repeat what I said. Essentially, thinking you're fine, like you being sure that you have nothing to worry about, that you rebuking another brother or sister in Christ doesn't warrant a warning is silly because if that were true, the warning wouldn't be there. Okay. Um, I'm going to move on to verse four, and I'm actually moving faster than I thought I would. Verse four, let each person examine his own work and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. So the word work is translated from the Greek word ergon, which is used in the Bible to mean any product, whatever, anything accomplished by hand, art, industry, or mind, okay? It's also used to mean an an act, deed, or a thing done. So if we interchange those words, let each person examine his own deed or thing done, and then he can take pride in himself alone. I can tell you with confidence, Paul is not telling people to be prideful, okay? I hope that's not what you get out of that verse. When he says, and then he can take pride in himself alone, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that he's he's being facetious. Like, if you actually examine your deeds, you probably wouldn't take pride in them, right? Because you start to examine your heart against Jesus's heart. And you start to see your intentions versus Jesus's intentions. And not much to be prideful there, right? Prideful about. So, moving on. Verse 5. For each person will have to carry his own load. Truly, this is self-explanatory. But I'm going to break down a couple things. That word load is translated from the Greek word fortion. The spelling is, it reminds me of portion, but with an H right after the P, so it's interesting. But basically, the biblical use for this word includes the following. Of burdensome rights, of the obligations Christ lays upon his followers, and styles a burden by way of the contrast to the precepts of the Pharisees, the observance of which was most oppressive, faults of the conscience which oppress the soul. They don't sound great, 
right? Like they don't sound inviting to people who are not following Christ. This verse says for each person will have to carry his own obligations that Christ has laid upon them. And that's all that's all the verses. And I have a couple things, a couple questions to to kind of talk through. Number 1, how does this relate to anxiety? And number 2, now that we know all that, now that we've gone through scripture, like what do we do? I'll answer the first question. How does this relate to anxiety? Anxiety can be rooted in pride. I talked about that before. And if you know that you're guilty of comparing yourself to someone else and thinking that you're fine, right? Like you are the quote unquote less sinful person or more whatever, fill in the blank person, you start to dip your toe in a pond that you don't want to dip your toe into. So that's number one. Another way that this relates to anxiety is that the truth of the comparison game is that you pretty much start to think that you haven't been given enough, like you've been shortchanged, right? You start to see what is in your life, the gifts that you have, the talents that are specific to what God gave you as not whatever enough, not cool enough, not meek enough, not whatever enough, right? Virtuous enough. And you start to kind of see God as this person who has not blessed you in the way that you quote unquote deserve to be blessed. And it's such a lie. It's so, so dangerous to to go down that path and even to entertain it, honestly. I know of um, a couple people in my life who are in a really challenging time. And they might be tempted to look at people who are not in that very same circumstance and think they have it better than me. And I would, I would honestly venture to disagree. I think that people have different experiences that they navigate and have to endure. But I don't know that any one of us following Christ and picking up our cross daily necessarily has it better than anybody else because we don't know the condition of other people's hearts. We don't know the silent struggles they're going through. We don't know the things that they are navigating, the sin that they are tempted by. We don't know a lot. Only God does. That leads me to why like why this matters. What do we do with all this information, with breaking down scripture and understanding how an anxiety plays into it? Well, I think you have to start with something that's really, really important, especially for for those of us who are really wanting to be more like Christ and quote unquote do everything we can, right? Like we do all the right Christian things. This is for you and for me too. Stop thinking that your sin is less terrible than someone else's sin. I'm going to say that again. Stop thinking that your sin is less terrible than someone else's sin. Sin separates us from God. 
So if you're standing 100 yards away from God while I'm standing 200 yards away from him, guess what? It still means that we're both far from him. Both of us. Neither of us is near to him. Not because of what you did. I'm not 200 yards away because of you. And you're not 100 yards away because of me. Not because of what anyone else did, but because of our own individual choices to indulge in sinful or depraved desires. That is the ugly truth. Number two, what else do we do? Number two, compare yourself to Jesus. Not in pursuit of perfection necessarily, but in pursuit of holiness. Remember that the law was given to Israel to basically illustrate that they were never going to be perfect. That they needed God. As such, Jesus came to redeem us from our sinful nature. He gave us the out. So we could be in right relationship with God. So that we could draw near to the Lord. Even though we sin. Even in spite of our sin. And the third thing that I think we should do is really strive to be holy. Like let's actually strive to be holy. Despite what culture tells us, God's desire is not for us to be happy, especially since our wicked hearts lead us to find happiness in fleshly desires. But God's desire is for us to be holy. We were made in his image. None of his attributes say that he's happy. But one of his attributes is holy, that he is holy. That's not to say God doesn't want us to be happy, but we know that if all we do is pursue happiness and different things make us happy in different times and the wrong things might be making you happy, the wrong people, the wrong anything, right? Like We can't trust our hearts to guide us. And I talked about that in uh, episode 54. We can't be out here following our hearts if we want to be holy. And again, that's not to say that God doesn't want us to be happy. We know we can trust him to allow us to experience joy when we are living in a way that honors him. We're not honoring him with our lives so that we could be happy. Like, it's not a a bartering situation. We experience joy as a result of being in right relationship with God. And when we are able, like, when we are not giving into our flesh, we are being made more holy. So again, the the result of that is that we are filled with joy. We are filled with peace. All right. I just want to thank you for sticking with me. If you have, I will now invite you to join the Facebook group for fellowship and for Bible study. I have not yet started going through Jonah. Actually, I haven't even finished the last chapter, which is what I need to do, but I will do it eventually this month. I think this is going to be a study for maybe July because of all the things that are going on in my personal life right now. I'll provide that update in a Q2 recap at the end of the month. But um, you can hang out in the Facebook group. It's not too active, being honest. But if you want to come and change that, you know I'm down to have a good conversation. So I hope that I'll see you there. You can head to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash community. And again, we'll be doing the Jonah study more than likely in July. 
there's already two studies in there. There's the, yeah, there's the anxiety study and then there's the emotions and the heart study. And they're both already in there. So I have some instructions on how you can follow along and where to look and all the things. Um, and yeah, you should be squared away. So if I don't see you there, I'll see you next time. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.